Hi, this is Rob Cantrell. You're listening to Rob on Recovery. And I have the pleasure of talking with a guy that's got an incredibly cool job here in Los Angeles that I recently met at all places in a bagel shop. <laughs> so without further ado, let me introduce you to Clint. And Clint has got a fairly interesting background as far as career choices. Clint, how are you? I am fine. Thanks for having me today. I'm so glad that you're here. I was. I, I want everyone to know that I'm over at Einstein's Bagels yes. on Wilshire, and I see this guy that looks like, uh, what was that guy's name, Irvin with the, the gator? Oh, Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. You kind of look like Steve Irwin. Uh, walking by with this really cool shirt on. You, look, you, you truly look official. And um, I think I asked you if you were part of the television show. You did. Okay. Tell us exactly. Give us, tell, tell us your name first. I'm sorry. That's up. Clint Atkinson. Thank you. I think you just said that, and I, I apologize. Uh, what's the name of your company? Uh, Travel and Chimp Animal Care. I am the owner. I created it five years ago. And we do everything from dog walks to pet visits to pet relocation to exotic animals to livestock. Wow. How did you get the name Travel and Chump? Years ago, I was working in Thousand Oaks for a business called The Animal Connection. And I got to work with a chimp. And the chimp sort of became enamored of me. And my nickname became Chimpy. I moved to Colorado and was traveling back and forth between Denver and Los Angeles. And hence, Travel and Chimp. Ah, was I love it. So have you always worked... In, um, in, in this field? Yes. I started uh, my teenage years at the Pittsburgh Zoo. I volunteered. Oh, now that's interesting. In the goat pen. <laughs> in the goat pen? <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. I, I am, I am, I'm assuming that's feeding and grooming. Feeding. I learned to, uh, goats usually have two kids. Okay. I learned to assist with delivering the baby goats. And, you know, that would transpire in years later. I am now a neonatal camelid delivery specialist. I've delivered over 200 baby alpacas and llamas. That is that. That truly is amazing. I didn't even know that was a career path. Well, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, let me back up a little bit. So you're 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 working at a zoo. So you're like an unlicensed zoologist, or uh, I, I wouldn't know. go that far. But I was a very. Hey, uh, it's my show. You can okay. go that far. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I, I actually I volunteered at the goat pen. I did amphitheater talk shows with porcupines, snakes. Uh, you know, it was all about educating the, the kids that would come to the baby zoo. Very cool, very cool. And how long did you actually work there? Uh, three years. All the way through high school? Mm-hmm. Cool. And so do you have uh, uh, formal training in, in this field? My formal training was on the sense of jobs. Sure. I learned on the jobs. I moved to Los Angeles to become an actor like mm-hmm. everyone else who of moves course. here. I got a job at the Animal Connection and I, did, I started cleaning rabbit cages. And I worked up to everything. I worked with wolves on set. I transferred rabbits to The Tonight Show. I did uh, cougars. Pretty much, you name it, I did it. And then when I left here, L.A. in 2006, I moved to Denver. And I got a job at an alpaca ranch. And I started as a trainer there twice a week. Within a year, I was running the ranch for seven years. That is incredible. For anyone that doesn't know, and I'm, I'm probably one of the people that that isn't really clear. An alpaca, what, first of all, what is an alpaca? An alpaca is a smaller version of a llama. Okay. A llama weighs around four to 600 pounds. An alpaca is anywhere from 120 to 200. Uh, they're smaller, they're a little easier to handle, and they're 
as far as livestock go, it's a very low-key animal to have. Well, I'm, okay, it, it's livestock. What does a person do with an alpaca? You shear them once a year, okay. and then the fleece is sent. Either you can have your own equipment to uh, loom rugs or clothing. The farm that I worked at in Denver was the largest alpaca, paca vicuña, ranch in the United States. What was that other word you said? Uh, Paca vicuña. What is that? That is a cross between the native alpaca in South America and vicuñas. Vicuñas are a little wild. Their fleece is much finer, and it can fetch upwards about $300 an ounce. Unbelievable. So what would you, first of all, well, the the Jew in me needs to know this information. (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, how many ounces of wool can you get from one of these animals? It all depends on the animal, what what you're feeding them, the health of the animal. Uh, Usually, I would say the first shearing, you could probably get enough for a sweater or a blanket something like that, depending on the size of the animal. Well, I guess my question I should have been, how many so how many ounces is that? Oh, Who knows? I don't know the answer to that okay, question, sure, honestly. Sure, I'm just trying to calculate how much this animal is actually worth. And I guess this is a valid question to ask you. What, how, much, how much do you pay to buy one of these animals? Uh, that they would ship them in from uh, Peru, and it was, you can only quarantine so many a year. They were averaging about 70,000 an animal. And then we started our own breeding program there. She now has two farms. Uh, it's Jefferson Farms in Denver. Um, and she has over 300 animals. So did, did Those animals cost $70,000 Some of the higher end, yes. And, you I, know, it's just, you know, there's some quality. Some of them have a little, um, you know, maybe the fleece isn't as fine or it's a little more coarse. They're not worth as much money. But I'm a vegetarian, so I love the fact that these animals don't ever have to suffer. All they get is a haircut once a year, and they live their lives happy. Unbelievable. So it's a $70,000 animal on the, on the higher end, and this woman has 300 of them? Over 300. I am, I'm floored. Yes. Do you insure a $70,000 yes. animal? She has a herd insurance policy. There's, it, it's when you get to an operation of that size, there's a lot of money involved. I can see that. You know, as far as even the help that is required to maintain those animals' health, uh, you know, I, I organized all the breeding charts. I knew every animal by number wow. after so many years. You know, and it's I miss that part of it. I do because I don't get a lot of call for that in LA. And I'm, <laughs> well, I have to be honest with you. I'm not sure I've ever actually seen either one of these animals. Uh, it, you can a pacavacuña is very comparable to a muscular deer with okay. fleece. An alpaca is sort of alien-looking, very long neck, and you know they're they tend to be a little more on the cutesy side, okay. but they can you know kick and spit. Oh, okay. So they're so so they're not they're not a domesticated animal. It depends on how much you work with them. They can be halter trained. Uh, some of them are used as service animals. Wow. You know, for autistic children, they're great with geriatric patients in wheelchairs. We've had people come to the farm from senior centers, and they somehow respond very well to the elderly. How many of, uh, is this a large industry? No. no. I can't imagine, well, first of all, I can't imagine having the capital to even get something like this started. Right. The, the output of the money initially is, is quite substantial. Yeah, I guess another question is, is this is a 24-7 job. You, yes. You cannot take a day off. Correct. You, you just don't go off and leave your $70,000 animal 
wandering the field. Does it live in a field or does it live a... Uh, the way that this was set up, they had different pastures, but all the animals were brought in at night into the barn. And numbered or, or counted. Uh, counted. And, you know, these animals are very... Uh, in Denver, there was a coyote issue, you know, so the babies would be born. The animals are naturally very dog aggressive. So, but you still want to bring them into the barn at night. What does that mean, dog aggressive? They, even the farm dogs there, if the farm dogs were in the enclosures with these animals, they would be killed. The dogs would? The, the whole herd come, it's, uh, they, the whole herd comes en masse uh-huh. and, you know, there's some, a lot of kicking and stomping and it, Coyotes do that. Coyotes will, will circle yes. what they consider an enemy and, and will take Correct. it out. That, that's interesting. But are, are these violent animals? No, 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 not at all. They're just protecting themselves. Absolutely. And I mean, don't get me wrong. They can be in a bad mood just like you or I can be. I've been spit on more times than I can care to remember. And it's not pleasant because it's a green bile that they spit and it's Uh a very strong odor. But it's their form of defense. It's their defense mechanism. You know, they don't have any upper teeth. So they can't bite you. They have lower teeth that need to be, um, when, when we shear them, you know, the teeth are, are, graded down by a vet at three hundred dollars an ounce i can't imagine the labor that it would take to make sure you get every fiber i mean you, you wouldn't want to waste any of this for their wool what is it called a fleece fleece okay yes. fleece. The shearing day is a big event she would bring in um, real professional guys from new zealand wow and they would have their operation i would basically become the assistant to them for that day because I would know the animals, so I would guide which animal's pregnant. You can't do this one. You have to do this one first. But I think that uh, once it's all, it, it's a very smooth operation once it all gets going. I, the animals don't like it. No, but, I could imagine. You know, do you have to sedate them? No, not at all. You put a sock over a spitter's mouth. Okay. So And then two or three guys would pick up the animal. Their legs are hobbled and they're stretched out on the ground. Okay. And then they're, they can't danger or they can't damage any of the equipment that's right, around, you know, right, there's right, a right. lot of expensive equipment around. Their legs are, are tied for the two or three minutes that it takes to shear them and then they let them go. This is a, a, uh, a rich man's privileged industry. I mean, this is not the kind of thing that, uh, you know, Joe the farmer gets into. There are hobby farms of alpacas. You would not, a hobbyist would not want to get a Paco Vicuña because there is a, a, a definite element of wild there. Okay. Alpacas are much more tame-ish and you all the way that I was taught the owner she always said you know you never buy one you never buy two you buy a pair and a spare so you buy at least three alpacas so you know one's not picking on one they're not just constantly fighting there's a third in the mix so and you know you can get an alpaca for you know under a thousand dollars sometimes okay so this is this is this makes sense yeah okay so so the seventy thousand dollar figure was like uh, the uh, blue blood of well, that's a different animal. That's the paca bacuna. Oh, that's the paca bacuna. Yeah, okay. the alpaca is the one that's much more reasonable. And you'll see a lot of those, um, you know, people will have two, three, four alpacas and a llama and some sheep and, you know. I don't think like I have ever known anyone that ever, number one, worked in this field or anyone that ever had a, um, ever had any of these animals. So, I mean, the, 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 the number of, are they, they're not referred, are they ranchers? Are they herders? What, what's the proper term for a person that owns one of these places? She calls it just, they're just a farmer. It's a farmer. Just a farmer. And what does it eat? Uh, we get uh, grass hay. Okay. Um, they can be left to, f- uh, to forage on a grass field, okay. but you can't leave them in there 
because they will eat the grass down to nothing. Oh, so you, you, you wouldn't know, even so have to you eat. need to rotate. Actually, I think isn't that how the uh, that's similar to the to the, to the Dust Bowls in Kansas during the 1930s? I think that uh, they were doing something with crops, and then sheep caused the same exactly. issue. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So, how long will one of these animals live? Uh, Fourteen to eighteen years. And yeah. during that lifespan, they'll have how many? Babies, kids, what are they called? It all depends. We never, uh, they're called Kriyas, actually. A Kriya? Baby. Kriya. Okay. And we never let anyone free breed. You have to keep the males separate from the females. Okay. And it was, you try to get the best offspring as far as color, as far mm-hmm. as fineness of the fleece. So some animals would never be bred. They'll just live out their life. And some animals, you try to breed them at least once a year for mm-hmm. at least a good five years, if they're throwing a good Kriya. So if there's, at any point of the game you've gone out and you've bought these animals and you're noticing one is not up to breeding standards and mm-hmm. and it's fleece is i think he's called it um isn't exactly up to the 300 dollars level or, right. or whatever what do you do with that do you, do you send it back to a market and try to sell it or you can try to sell it uh but nobody would want to buy it you're never going to really recap your investment on that so the farm that i worked at i was very lucky i i the owner jane levine she really she cared about the animals. Mm-hmm. There was never a mass, well, we're just going to get rid of that animal. She always would, she might send them to the other farm, mm-hmm. the non-breeding farm, and again, they just live out their lives with their friends, and that's it. That's amazing. So the, uh, wow, wow, that is amazing. I can't, uh, and well, this is a question you won't be able to answer, but maybe you know, can can you eat this meat? You can. Okay. They do eat alpaca in South America. Is, I personally would never try. Oh, it. I know you would. No, this is like your family. You're you know, they that. eat um, guinea pig there. Right, as well. I, and so. I've, I've been there. Yeah, the, uh, and I know that in Argentina, the uh, any wool product is just it's supposed to be the finest in the world. And I'm wondering, maybe they use these animals. Oh, absolutely, they do. Uh, initially, at the farm, they would send fleece to Peru, and it was handmade sweaters and vests and. Pajminas, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's I actually bought one. Gorgeous thing. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. And I, and, and I will tell you firsthand, don't machine wash it. You never machine. Yes. No, no. Yes. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly Malibu Barbie can wear it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Did, so you were there for seven years. You're working mm-hmm. with this woman. And what? why did you leave it? I, A, I love Colorado. I love the people there. I did not like, you know, I'm a Southern California boy. Right. I did not like having to go out in minus 10 on Christmas morning in three feet of snow. I just, and those animals don't care if it's a holiday. They don't care if it's storming. They don't care if you have to drive 20 miles. And it just got to the point where I missed California. Oh yeah. I wanted to come home. Because there's a lot of dark days there. There are, there are. And now now, that being said, Denver's beautiful and they have three, I think it's 300 sunny days a year. It will be sunny even in a snowstorm, but it's still really cold. cold. (laughs) Yeah, cold, it's cold. Yeah, I I don't blame you with that. So, uh, So you then decided I actually started my business, Travel and Chimp, in Denver, and I started with a few dog walks, and I thought, you know what? There's going to be a time in my life when I want to just work specifically with animals, and maybe I can bring some people on that have that same vision. And I started with two or three walkers, friends of mine. It started to gain momentum, and within a year, I had eight walkers in Denver, and I was doing full-time. Wow. So how many, eight walkers, and well, for anyone that's listening, and, and this is very foreign to me in a lot of regards. So a dog walker, I have two pugs, mm-hmm. okay? And 
What, what would the normal program be if I if I called up Traveling Chef and I, I want to see I work all day and I work at night sure. and I want and I want somebody to check on these dogs. What what's the average program? So you would call me. I'll come and do a consultation with you. Of course, with right. three dogs, I assess for any aggression, any kind of medical assistance that your animal would need. I try. I can't always do it myself, so I would try to match the person that's on my team right. that would work the best with your personality and your dogs right. or cats or whatever right, you have. Right. And then you say, look, I need a, a lunchtime walk every right. day for 30 minutes. Fine. Then I suit that in. I fit who that works for. We are all background check, bonded, insured. Excellent. I don't play around with any of that stuff. No, the people that work with me are all experienced and they're top notch. So when they're in your home, you know, you can rest assured your pugs are going to be taken care of right. and nothing's going to be disturbed in your house. So I can, uh, I, I can... You're bonded and insured, obviously. 100%. So, I, so you've got the the security code to my home and, yes. and a key. And um, and do you show up at the same time every day? The, exactly. And you're texted or emailed. Some people want called, so you know. Because this is L.A., we deal with a lot of uh, affluent, famous people as right. well. So all of us, all of my people, sign non-disclosure contracts, hold harmless, and non-compete. So we're covered as far as whether we're showing up to Michelle Pfeiffer's house or sure. your house. Right. Your dogs are going to get the same treatment. So you don't have to name names, but have you seen any famous people's house where they serve their dogs really crappy food? No. I'm joking. No. <laughs> okay, I'm joking. I have to say no. no <laughs> Except for that woman on that program on Tuesday night. No. That is so cool. So looking at your life now, okay, did you ever think in your life, number one, that you would be working in your own business? And number two, did you think that you'd be working in a business where you primarily are taking care of other people's domesticated animals? Never. Okay. I, I really, I didn't take any business classes in school. I, this is not, you know, I do not have the, the business mind or so I thought. This is now my fifth year in business. Wow. We have blossomed you know, in a very positive way. So I'm doing something right. Now, that being said, I had a minor setback. Uh, I was thrown from my horse five years ago. Tell us about that, because I'm, I'm in recovery from drugs and alcohol, so mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I, I'm really interested in getting into that. Um, but but let, let's back up it, uh, with that injury. You're on a horse. My own horse. Your own horse. I had, yeah, this is in Colorado. This is in Colorado. At the, the owners of the farm were very generous, and they let me get my own chickens and my own horse. I got a miniature horse as a companion from my horse. Rosie was her name. I will never forget her name. She was, sold, she was six years old, sold to me as completely broke, which means, you know, right. very easygoing, right? And Rosie had some issues that... Unfortunately, I didn't find out about until about three or four months into it. What does that mean? Uh, she she was young, you know, and I'm a, I'm a fairly experienced rider. And she decided one day that she didn't want the saddle anymore. So a friend of mine is a Brazilian horse trainer. He came in and was working with me and her at the same time. And one day I was on her and she was, she sort of went a little berserk through me. I landed okay. on my right hip. Oh, no. She turned around and was going to charge me. I was on the ground. Dito was his name. He was there. He pretty much saved my life from her. Wow. Um, my hip, I couldn't walk for three days. Wow. They x-rayed it. They didn't see anything broken. 
now fast forward to this year, the pain had gotten so bad at the beginning of the year. I was walking with a cane. I couldn't walk my own dogs. I have two corgis. And I went to a specialist at Cedars and he said, you should have had your hip replaced five years ago. So I had a, uh, it's called a Birmingham hip, May 18th of this year. So I'm on a cane right now, thanks to my own horse who I sold. Yeah, <laughs> to a glue factory, I hope. No, no, no. She, she's in a very happy place in Broomfield, Colorado. Uh, well, I would, uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> I, would I wish made... her nothing but the best. Oh, you're just, now you're not telling the truth at all. <laughs> you, karma will get that horse, I promise you. So, but the interesting thing, when I met you, you were walking with this cane. Yes. And, you know, first of all, for anyone that's listening to this, um, you're this incredibly clean cut, Hollywood-looking tan man <laughs> with a button-down shirt. I mean, everything about you says country club and, and affluent living. Um, and you may be, I don't know. But, uh, do you know, the thing that shocked me was that you went through five years of untreated recovery from an injury. Yes. Then you went through surgery, and you're doing all of this without narcotics. I, early on, after the injury, it... It got better. It got worse. I had my good months, my bad months, and I was too. My business was growing, right. and honestly, I was too afraid to stop. Right. I didn't want to lose that momentum, so I sucked it up as long as I could, and then it got to the point I had to. I have an assistant director who ran the business while I was recovering, and she was terrific. But a day after my surgery, they were giving me oxycotton every three hours. Wow. You know, it was fine, and then the next day. It's as if someone threw battery acid on me. Welts, itching, hives. Wow. They tried Vicodin. They tried Percocet. I can't take any opiate. Wow. So I basically had to do hip recovery with Tylenol. You know, I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm a substance abuse counselor. You know, I've got, I have a master's in, in addiction uh, therapy. Wow. You would put me out of business. You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I should go work for you. I don't know. Yeah. But, so you've done this without a, with, um, Tylenol. It wasn't fun, and it no, wasn't easy. It, was it gives me a whole new respect. You know, I've never had any injury in my whole life. I've never had surgery. I've been, knock on wood, pretty healthy. And it woke me up to what so many people deal with on a daily basis. Well, Much can, worse than this. Well, you can probably, I don't know. That sounds, that was major surgery you went through. But uh, I think it would probably give anyone that's gone through it a clear understanding how people do become physically addicted. Easily. To, uh, to medications. Because that first day, I was like, oh, I can have every bone replaced in my body. I'm not feeling anything. Exactly. And then the reaction hit. Well, then even that, after a week, I had another reaction um, from where the incision is. I was allergic to the adhesive tape on the bandages. So apparently, I'm very sensitive. <laughs> well, no, I'm going to tell you, I am too. I, uh, uh, my, uh, my drug of choice was painkillers. Really? Yeah, yeah so I, I had an injury then. Uh, that was very minor, but I decided to uh, make sure that it stayed away for 23 years. So, wow. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, yeah that, I wasn't going to let that pain come back. I, but, can, I can see how people really, yeah, it's you, very easy. You just alter to your life it. around it. And the, uh, but I, I had the same situation with the, uh, with the adhesive. I tried the fentanyl patches and, you know, and, and could, <laughs> couldn't yeah. use them because of the, the adhesive. But anyway, you're on the mend here. And, I am. And you just got cleared to walk up steps. I'm walking upstairs. I will be on the cane for two more months. So my summer is probably going to be on the, well, will be on the cane. Quite frankly, as hot as it is in L.A., you're probably doing the best thing. <laughs> but, but yeah, look at, back to the traveling chimp, which uh, I, I'm so interested in because it, it's, I'm from the deep south. I'm from Florida where things are a little, not, not quite as polished as they are here in L.A. But uh <laughs> 
how do people find you? I mean, how, how do you, I mean, is, is this a word of mouth thing? Is we it... do very little advertising. Actually, in LA, the thing that has been the most referrals for us has been Angie's List. Has it really? We have received so many clients from Angie's See, List. See, I use Angie's List too. And I never really thought twice about it. My sister does all of our social media and tells me what I should and shouldn't do. Um, and, you know, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have uh, Yelp. Angie's List has been the big one that has brought us a lot of clients. And then from those people, it's always, oh, my friend's neighbor. You know, so I, I really, I'm, I'm very lucky. I don't have to spend a lot on advertising. Uh, let me tell you, that's, it's amazing. You pick up a telephone book in any city in the country and look at the size of the ads that attorneys are running. Right. You know, I mean, right. it, I can't even begin to imagine what that is. But anyone that's wanting to get in touch with you or, or learn more about your business, what's, what is your website? It's www.travelin, T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N, there's no G, travelinchimp.com. Are you on Facebook as well? We are on Facebook. I think this is, this is fascinating. Thank you. you know, it really is. But now I'm going to ask you the typical uh, poor man question. Sure. Okay. Um, do you get a discount if you have more than one animal? We do not give discounts for multiple animals. No, we you, give... You no, suck. We, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, what I will do if you have, say, two dogs and maybe a bird, we're not going to charge you for the bird. It's okay. just going to be for the for the larger animals. Would people really have somebody come in and look after a bird? I personally have had one of my people stay from my parakeet when I was out of town and I took my dogs. You know, you told me something. <laughs> I think, I, if, I, if I understand this correctly, did, did you say that you... Uh, uh, had to sit a tarantula one time? We've had uh, tarantulas, hedgehogs. We have a current client who's a hedgehog right now. And I don't even know what you would do with a hedgehog. Is that in a cage? Uh, it, it's more of like a bigger uh, terrarium. Don't they stick you? Well, they, we don't handle him. Only the owners handle him. Uh, so basically what we will do when they travel, we come in. We They're a little messy. We clean up all his droppings. He's usually just in a ball. He never even really moves for us and put food, fresh food, fresh water, fresh litter. But they look like a porcupine. Or they do. Right? They're, but they're the lovely. bottom of them is very soft. Okay. But for him, it's not so much the prickly, it's they can bite. Well, I, I'm well. thinking to myself, this is like having a pet cactus. Why would anybody want this thing? You know, it's the exotic factor. I had a piranha growing up. You, know, you had a piranha. I raised her from a little, and it was her name was Princess, and Do, I kept her for two years. And what what does one feed a piranha? And you're a vegetarian. I, I wasn't then. Yeah, it was live fish. So, oh, it was. It wasn't yeah. In and Out Burger. It was no, a, okay, it was fish. That's it. <laughs> cool. But yeah, I'm, I. You're very very well suited for this. I would completely stink at it. You know, I, I can imagine. I would have to call the guy and say, "I'm so sorry, your spider died." <laughs> I you know, but on. I think that's what people feel about us because they see how, uh, basically, for lack of a better word, I'm OCD about. You know, I want your pet to be as happy as when you're there. You know what I mean? It's and all my people that really trickles down. We're a team, and we all want to make you happy, and we want to keep your animal happy. Well, I'm going to tell you. You told me. You told me something the other day, and I think anyone listening to this should hear this. Uh, in LA, it's it's it, it's you get a ticket if you don't pick up after your dog. I mean, correct. You know, it is. So we have yeah. all of these lovely plastic bags sitting all over the city. Yes, with poop in it. But your dog can actually get sick or get a bacteria or a virus it's, from. I mean, what is that called? Uh, Giardia. Giardia. And it's basically when people are lazy mm -hmm. and they don't tend to pick up after their dogs, and maybe your dog has had an upset stomach right. or is sick. Well, all it takes is for my dog to come along and smell that, and they can contract Giardia, which is you know causes diarrhea, 
It's not fun. It's not. Is it is it like a, a GI thing? Absolutely. So your yeah. dog could dehydrate and get really sick. Absolutely. Oh yeah. A lot of times you need you need antibiotics treatment for it. So I was uh, last summer when it was so hot here in LA. I uh, uh, my partner MJ and I were hiking up to Runyon, and there was a woman in the middle of the day with she and this is not an exaggeration. She must have had eight dogs. They were all connected to some type of ring, and she was, it, it was like she was water skiing, trying to trying to control these dogs, and she's taking them up and down, running the trails, and I'm thinking, you know, first of all, you're going to kill these dogs, and number two, you must have really made God angry to get this horrible job. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I see that, and I cringe, yeah. and I can always tell my people when I interview, you know, potential clients, we don't do multiple dog walks. Unless you are a multiple dog household, right. your dog's time is your dog's time. Right. There's not going to be, none of, none of my team will be out there walking six, seven, eight dogs. I've seen that in Beverly Hills and it's just, it's ridiculous. I don't see how you can really, A, pay attention to eight little minds no, and eight little no different way. directions, pick up all the poop. No, it's not, no you know, it's just not how I operate. No, I can, I can see that. Do you even have competition? Oh, sure. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I can house sit for a cat. That's an easy way to make a buck or something like that. For me, pretty much you get what you pay for. If you want a professional in your home and, you know, absolutely. Call oh, a professional. I'm going to tell you something. MJ and I went to uh, Florida last summer and we went on Craigslist and we got a dog sitter. It is not cheap. I feel I'm... Priced very reasonably for, for instance, for an overnight, 24 hours, it's $75. And Ouch. the reason I started this was I never wanted to kennel my dogs. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's very comparable to a kennel. There's a lot of people who are more expensive than us. There's a lot of people that are, you know, right around our price range. But So if I'm going to, I'm going on a vacation for a week, mm-hmm. I'm going to be out of town and I call Traveling Chump and I say, I've got these two pugs and I, I need somebody to take care of them for seven days. Is that going to be $150 a day? No, no, no. It's for 75 for both dogs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. And so you don't kennel them. Where do you, where do you keep them when we stay at your home? Oh, wonderful. Oh yeah. We come the whole, oh, the you whole keep the dog in its own environment. Absolutely. As in the now website that makes says, sense. wouldn't you rather stay in your own bed? So would your pet. Oh, I love so those. you would always meet who's going to come in your home. Right. The only person that has access to your home other than that sitter is me. Okay. So I'm their backup. Sure. You know, if for some reason your dog gets sick, they call me, I come, I decide whether that dog needs to go to the vet. I call you, I keep you in the loop. It's just all there. Well, now this is makes, now everything makes sense to yeah. me. So I go out of town, I not only have my dog taken care of, but I've got somebody there to kind of sort of watch the house. Running your house, bringing in your mail, taking out your trash, watering your plants, getting packages. Wow. It's, it's a, a very top-notch concierge I, service. I think you've got a, an amazing business plan. And it really, people appreciate it because once, you know, and some people are initially like, oh, I've never had anybody stay in my house. Look, I come in, you know, we expect the sheets to be clean on the guest bed or wherever you're having the mm-hmm. contractor stay. The morning that they leave, they strip the bed, put it in the washer, take out trash, any dishes. Basically, you're coming home to a clean house and a very healthy, happy pet. This is the coolest thing I've ever heard. 
That is so cool. Clint, you're the best. Oh, well, thank, thank you. Thank you for being on Robin Recovery. Again, if someone wants to get in touch with you uh, and they're in Los Angeles, and are you working specifically in LA? Or are you going outside of the we metropolitan area? We travel pretty much anywhere. That's excellent. So once again, what is your website and how can people find you? www.travelandchimp.com. And spell that travel and chimp. T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-C-H-I-M-P. There's no G. Travel and chimp. Cool.com. And on Facebook, if they wanted to send you a message. Travel and Chimp. That is so cool. Clint, thank you for talking to me. You do an amazing job. You, thank you. you. You definitely have that Hollywood look. That's thank for sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> good luck for your, your hip. And I want you to know that I am, I am so amazed that you did that without narcotics. Well, thank okay. you. So, and I look forward to taking care of your pugs. I, I, you will. I'm your neighbor. <laughs> this, is, this is Rob Cantrell. This will be available on iTunes very soon. And I hope you're back for more episodes. Thank you.